This is the Town Roots Podcast, episode number nine. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. Hey, today we have Chris Pearson joining us today from the Be Well Natural Clinic in the Laurel District. And, um, and we're going to talk to him about his clinic and, and what they do with respect to acupuncture uh, and massages and, and more than that. So welcome, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thanks for being here. Yes. So tell us about the Be, Be Well Natural Clinic. What's that all about? Okay. So Be Well Natural is a holistic health clinic uh, situated in the Laurel between 35th and High Street. Uh, we're just across the street from the community landmark, Peter's Kettle Corn. So if you smell it in the Laurel, you know where we're at. We're the healthy option across the street. Um, I specialize in orthopedics. I'm a self-professed biomechanical geek. I love the way that uh, bodies tell a story of how someone navigates their life. And with acupuncture and body work as my primary modalities, I help people overcome you know, uh, physical pains or discomforts, but really it's addressing any health concerns that people may have on their path to optimal wellness. I have two massage therapists that work with me. Uh, one is a cranial sacral specialist. She focuses on recovery from traumatic brain injuries, as well as stress management and sleep irregularities. And then I have a massage therapist that focuses on soft tissue manipulation. Um, We've been in practice in the Laurel for about six years. We're in our sixth year. I've been in practice in Oakland since 2008 in June. So coming up on 14 years. So we've been, we've been doing it for a minute. I've been a, a practitioner of holistic medicine since 1996 uh, in December. So yeah, I've been at it for a while. The clinic itself is home to uh, several different programs uh, outside of our clinical practice. The community exceptional—it was a community program for exceptional children—is a program for children with special needs who come in and receive a an, uh, type of therapy called a not banyal therapy. Um, that happens typically once a month. And uh, let's see, we have uh, Namaste Ready Yoga does. Uh, a series of black men's yoga classes. Um, so we have a couple of different offerings um, and we lend the space out to several different dance teachers. So they use our movement space to do a zoom cast. That's awesome. But yeah. That's awesome. You, pretty, pretty full offering that you have. Yeah. We like to have a diversified approach, make sure everybody's health concerns are addressed. All right. Very cool. What, what inspired you to uh, start this business that you have? Focused on wellness, basically. Um, well, a couple of different things. I think on a personal level, when you see health irregularities or you have family members that are struggling, I think a lot of times we want to help. So we go into fields of study. Um, I think it's, it's sort of an instinctive thing. If your family struggles with money, oftentimes you go into finance. If your family struggles with health, you go into wellness. You know, there's, there's ways in which as a, as a young person, I wanted to fill the need that I felt like my family had. And so that's sort of what led me down that path. Why I started the business in particular was I felt like there was not a whole lot of uh, 
um, black wellness practitioners, particularly black men. Um, I had worked in the nonprofit sector for some time and it feels really good when you walk into a space and somebody can identify with your lived experience. You don't have to explain a lot about what's going on. Um, so I wanted to be that in, in the Oakland area. I wanted to create an opportunity. Uh, I definitely didn't see that being represented when I, when I moved here 21 years ago. Um, so I was like, okay, if I go see somebody, I want to be able to connect with them. And so I want to create that opportunity. And, you know, the field is, is something that I'm passionate about. So that was the, the way in which I could be that person. Perfect. Perfect. So, Chris, I know that, you know, you've shared with us before about your pandemic pivot, um, you know, that came on uh, because of COVID. Why don't you share that with the listeners? Because I think that's an interesting story. Yeah. Like everyone in this collective trauma, we sort of took stock over what was happening in our in our world and what was happening in our interpersonal relationships. And I think we all were given sort of a choice. You know, in that moment, we can sort of retreat into fear and contraction, or we can figure out ways to to maneuver. And I think it's it for me, it was a blend of those things. I certainly felt uh, a deep sense of concern, but I also felt activated. Um, I leaned into a lot of the practices that I've been cultivating and supporting my patients in. So. I felt really confident about my immune system and I felt really confident about my daily practices. But from a business standpoint, the pivot was, okay, we got to, you know, do all of the safety protocols. We got to go through all of this process. Some of our programs are going to contract. They're going to take on a different shape. We're going to have to do things a little bit differently. Unfortunately, the community program for exceptional children got paused. Our community clinic that was happening once a month got paused. As things are opening up, we're going to explore how we can reincorporate those things. But I really felt like this was a time for us to work on depth over breadth. You know, it's really about deepening the relationships with the people who are closest to us by proximity, but also by community of interest. You know, I think for most of us, our our social group contracted pretty considerably with COVID. Like the folks that you dealt with on a daily basis, you know, March 16th are different than March 16th, 2021. You know, you have, you have reasons to be connected. Who'd you pod up with? Why'd you pod up with them? Um, that kind of thing. And so for me, you know, meeting the more immediate need to, to address depth and connection in my life, you know, I think existentially, we all kind of grapple with, okay, well, what is it all for? You know, well, what, are, what are we doing all this for? Why, why am I going to, you know, take this on or, or let this go? And uh, I think it was a great, great moment. I mean, for my family, like one of the things that was most profound for us was sit down dinner. You know, in the Bay, like everybody is on grind. So you might see your kids in passing. You might see your partner, you know, when y'all lay down to go to sleep. But throughout the day, there's not really that opportunity to engage. And so we had, I think, a stretch of 60, 65 days where we ate dinner together and then played a game. Wow. So that 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 pivot was remarkable for, for us as a family. And I show up as a provider much more held you know, much more nourished by my, by my family life and not feeling the, 
the pressure of the grind or the hustle. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a big part of it. Um, Let me ask you this, cause you do acupuncture in your clinic, right? Yes. So, you know, I, I know some people absolutely love acupuncture and there's still some people who won't go near it. So tell me what, sure. like, what are people missing about acupuncture that they should know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, let me just first explain the mechanics of it for the layperson, so they understand exactly what's happening. Because, you know, you see the kung fu movies or whatever, and you see somebody get a needle and all of a sudden they're paralyzed. Or, you know, you see Kung Fu Panda and he's got a thousand needles in his back and all of a sudden he's feeling good. So um, from a biomechanical or a biomedical standpoint, the placement of a needle is what they call like a foreign object or a space occupying um, lesion that it's it's some it's something that has interrupted the integumentary system and causes a stimulation of the nerve so you activate the nervous system so when you get nervous stimulation then your body has to process that information like hot cold pressure oh there's something there so now i'm going to have an electrochemical response or a hormonal reaction so then my brain starts processing the information. Oh, there's a foreign body inside of me. Let me send blood there to figure out whether this is, you know, damaged tissue that I need to repair or if it's a toxin that I need to eliminate. So you get a little bit of redness around the point and that says that the cardiopulmonary system has reacted. So then you have this reaction within the, the neuromuscular system where the muscles will relax because of the presence of hormones that are transported there by the blood. And the blood is there because the nervous system sent the signal. So as you can imagine, the nervous system is complex, right? You feel differences in moisture. You feel differences in pressure. You feel differences in uh, texture, um, temperature. So with the presence of a needle, you can regulate all systems. So it's like you're communicating to the organ systems where the organism is in space and then as the organism incorporates that information, it changes how the organs function. So folks, you know, folks can be scared of needles. <laughs> you know, it's kind of an irrational fear. And most of the time it's because we got immunizations when we were young, where somebody stuck you with something and didn't tell you about it, or you had to give blood or something. And it's scary to be in the presence of a doctor and they have this sharp thing. So the size of a needle is about the thickness of a hair. You can put about 10, depending upon the gauge, but between 10 and 100 into a needle used to draw blood. So they're very non-invasive. Um, they, they vary in length between a half an inch to three and a half inches, depending upon the thickness of tissue. So like in your hip, there's more muscular tissue than there is in your wrist. So the needle will be longer to address that musculature. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, there's a saying in Chinese, and please forgive my uh, pronunciation for those of you who speak it, but it's Tongzhi uh, Yibing Yibing Tongzhi. That means same disease, many treatment, same treatment, mm -hmm. many disease. Mm -hmm. So somebody could come in and have like gastroesophageal reflux, and the next person could have IBS. But the same points would work for both of those conditions. Or two people could come in with IBS and you'd need to pick totally different points because their, their pattern or their constitution supports a different way of looking at it. So 
it's kind of nice to take like ICD-9 or international coding for disease, the diagnostic codes that they use in, in uh, traditional medicine and be able to arrange the information in a different way. You know, it's a way of looking at life in a different way. The aggregated data is different. How we manage that data is different. It's much more um, what I would call process-oriented medicine as opposed to outcome. So it's not what you got is how you got it. You know what I mean? And how you, and how you move through it that matters to to the way I, I organize the information. Well, that's the best explanation of acupuncture I ever got. I'm, I'm gonna have to come in and try it out. Okay. You sold me. <laughs> is that right? Is that right, okay? So uh, one quick one, I got a couple of quick questions. One, well, hopefully they'll, they'll be quick so we can uh, keep you moving along. But uh, the first one is uh, when you set up a, a, a well, if someone sets up, sets up an appointment with you for acupuncture, is it a one off thing or do you have uh, do you put together a plan that is maybe ongoing? Like, how does that typically work? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Um, because it's a pattern based medicine. Um, the initial intake is a lot of getting to know someone, a lot of questions that give me a sense of how you move through life. Again, like mm -hmm. bodies take the shape of life. You look like what you do. You look like the tools you use. You look like the places you've been, the way you recreate, the way you respirate, the way you, you know, all of the things are going to inform your pattern. From that, I come up with what I would call a pattern recognition. Traditional medicine calls it a diagnostic criteria, right? We would call that pattern recognition the informing um, data for a treatment principle. That treatment principle means, well, how will I approach addressing this particular pattern? Then subsequently, you have a treatment plan that supports that treatment principle. So if I want to bring balance between the liver and the kidney, right? That's my treatment principle. What I typically do as an orthopedic specialist or a biomechanical specialist is I let subjective pain drive the frequency of the conversation. So if someone is in extreme pain, and I just sort of give you kind of a range so you get a sense of what it looks like. If somebody's between an eight and a 10, they would come in twice a week for four sessions, then we'd reevaluate. If it's between a six and an eight, they'd come in once a week. Between a four and a six, they'd come in uh, once every two weeks. Between a two and a four, once a month. Between a zero and a two, they could do uh, seasonal, so every three months. So my goal is to get everybody to what I would call a management stage for their pattern and that I work myself out of a job. If I'm good at what I do, then you don't need to come and see me. You know, like if you if y'all are old enough to remember the great space coaster, where yes. you remember that. So Gary mm -hmm. Gnu's where no Gnu's yes. is good Gnu's. Good Gnu's, so, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was always of the opinion that if you're good at what you do, then people don't need to see you. Yeah. So I, I really I, I rely on word of mouth. People share their experience. And that's what's allowed my my practice to thrive is, you know, you treat people like family and they want to share with their family. So that's awesome. And I, my other question for you is um, what uh, made you uh, come to Oakland with your business or, or, or establish your business in Oakland? Well, what brought me to Oakland initially was a job at Castlemont. 
Mm-hmm. I came as a, a social science teacher to Castlemont uh, back in 2002-2003. Um, I was fresh out of San Diego State and uh, you know kind of a uh, I'll give you the abbreviated version. I was the cliched single black father living in my parents' basement and I needed to get up and out. So okay. I took a jo- I took a job in Oakland. Um, and a teaching job was the best thing I could get at the time. I fell in love with the kids I was, I was working with, um, fell in love with basically the culture of Castlemont, as strange as that seems to some, I loved it. Um, I stayed, uh, involved in basketball. I was coaching there and, uh, you know, the district has its challenges. And so I was transferred and subsequently left the district, but I I loved Oakland. And what I realized in my works between OUSD and the nonprofit sector is there's not enough black male service providers. So I was like, I love being in the community. I love working with kids. Um, So I'll continue to do that as a volunteer. And we could talk about that at another time um, with my volunteer work. But what caused me to come to Oakland um, initially was, you know, I was a job, <laughs> a job is, is what created the opportunity. I had no experience with Oakland. Like I didn't have anchors here. Um, I was, my folks were in Benicia and I, and I come from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So the Bay was new to me in 85. I stayed here for seven years and then I went down to school in San Diego for nine. So I came back up here looking for a new direction, trying to find, you know, get my adult footing, be a good father. And, you know, I wanted to work in the community that I lived in. I didn't want to commute. Very nice. And so then the, the business just was a natural progression. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, absolutely. I, I took, a, I took a second job as a massage therapy instructor in Oakland at the McKinnon Institute. I was there for seven years and that helped to subsidize, uh, my my continued graduate studies in in acupuncture i was a student um so i was teaching massage i was working at the ymca and i was in graduate school while my second son was conceived um i finished up graduate school in 2007 in december just shortly after i had had my uh my second son and uh and I was like, all right, I got to get, I got to get it going. You know, I got a family to take care of and and I don't want to commute. I have children. I want to be in their lives. And, you know, so I'm going to establish a business where I live. And uh, at the time we were, I think we were living uh, on Ashby and Shattuck in, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I was during the end of grad school. And then then moved over behind Boys and Girls Club in, in East Oakland and fell in love with the Maxwell Park and Laurel District. Stayed there for about five years. And uh, then we moved over to uh, the Dubs. We stay by by uh, Highland now. So the commute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Yes. Like a, like the look from, from the Laurel to Highland is, you know, five, six minutes tops. And uh, mm-hmm. I can... I can show up and be involved in my kids' school. I can show up and be involved in the community where I've worked with kids for years. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm part of the community, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned, you know, earlier your love of working, you know, with kids. And you brought up, actually, you work with special needs kids. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah. Um, I have three sons. My middle son is 14. And at the age of six weeks, he had uh, started to get ocular motor deviation or he started looking down to the lower right quadrant. And we found out that he was seizing. The reason why his eyes were doing that is because he was having persistent seizures. And so I was in grad school. And at the time, I didn't really know why. And so I asked one of my classmates, I had gone to my clinic shift and I was like, my son keeps looking down to the right. I asked my clinic supervisor, did you feel his head? I said, no. I said, well, feel his fontanelle. If it's swollen, you got to go immediately to the emergency room because he's got um, hydrocephalus of some sort, you know. And so we went in and uh, felt it and immediately we went to the hospital and uh, and he had to have an emergency brain surgery where they took out. Uh, blood clots that were in his posterior fossa or in the back of his uh, back of his head and um, you know in in the ICU the stand like the bedside manner isn't that great I think they want to manage people's expectations but at that moment they're like your son will never have meaningful relationships with other people he'll never walk he'll never talk it was but it was hard to hear and uh, and so at that moment, I'm like, first of all, you can't decide whether or not my son will have meaningful relationships. That's that's up to the people who love him as well as him. And uh, and I wanted to serve that community, you know, like in that moment, I knew that that there would be a need. And so we sought out countless practitioners to get support with with my son. Um, you know, we did cranial sacral. We did. uh we did scalp acupuncture. We did traditional acupuncture. We did uh, herbal medicines. We, I mean, physical therapy, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, like everything you could imagine we sought out. And then um, I met this woman. She, her son was of similar age to my eldest. And she said, oh, I do this thing called Anat Banyal therapy. And that is a neuro movement type of therapy, which basically helps the brain and the proprioceptive nervous system to reorganize information. I was just blown away by that. So I made a situation uh, possible where he could go and receive uh, weekly treatment in exchange for treatment of her and her family. So again, a community exchange and uh, she asked if she could use the space to do a program for children like my son, including my son. And I said, um, as long as you make it available to people and people aren't turned away for lack of funds, then you can have the space for free. So that community program for exceptional children and special needs program was born really as the brainchild of Gabrielle Allen. She's the one who, who created that and, and does that. But it was through the care of my son that, you know, that, that, that program was, was born. Um, I've done a handful of, of pediatric cases, but most of the work that we do with special needs kids comes through that program. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. That's great. So, hey, Chris, um, I was uh, curious. Uh, I'm a big fan of massages. Now, if, can you share uh, some of uh, the information about massage therapy that you have there in your, in your studio? Absolutely. Um, we have a wonderful massage therapist on staff. Her name is Alyssa. She's an NHI graduate. She does an integrative form of body work. So she pulls from a bunch of different disciplines. Uh, the base is uh, neuromuscular and deep tissue therapy. 
with uh, some offshoots of shiatsu and tuina, uh, Chinese medical massage. Um, she does some circulatory work. Um, it's a comprehensive look. When someone first comes in, she does an initial intake with a postural evaluation. So she gets a sense of where you're at in space. And over time, when you see her and work with her, she helps to bring you back into plumb line so that there's a visual representation and you can see changes in your physical body that are reflecting the work that she's doing. So it's a pretty comprehensive view of body work in the traditional sense. Now, cranial sacral therapy we have as well, and Solana is our cranial sacral therapist, and she does a non-invasive style of holding that helps to bring flow back to the cerebral spinal fluid, or it helps the, the brain to relax by calming the flow of uh, fluid moving up and down the spine and in and around the brain. So those are our two massage therapists on staff, and I encourage everybody to go and get a massage at least once a month. It really changes your quality of life, your connectivity to the people in your life, and uh, helps you to relax. Definitely need that in my life. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wanted to uh, stop by and, and uh, get some uh, assistance from you or just kind of become uh, more thoughtful about their, their wellness practices, uh, how would they reach you? Okay. Um, all the appointments through Be Well are, are, are scheduled. There's obviously in the time of COVID, there's not a whole lot of casual conversation that we get into. It's much more structured <laughs> these days. Um, mm -hmm. So the best way to access us is via the web uh, bewellnatural.com is our website and there's a link at the very top that says book online um, which allows you to access our schedules and take a look through the services that we have to offer and you get to choose um, that way we also take uh, if folks want to give a call if they have questions about their health concerns i'm pretty liberal with what i have to offer um, just over the phone in an initial conversation, I spend five to 10 minutes talking to somebody, like getting a sense of what their needs are and supporting them to help them choose the right service. Um, but bewellnatural.com is the best way to, uh, to access us in terms of point of contact and transition into treatment. Um, we have a social media presence that does um, some limited, it's called, it's Be Well Natural. Uh, that's that's the at be well natural you know my individual instagram is uh at b e underscore well underscore chris um and that's also my twitter i'm not terribly active on twitter but uh try to keep folks abreast of what i'm doing and and uh various ways to optimize health hey chris this has been great man i mean yeah outstanding um, and we didn't even get into the black men's yoga. I want to talk about that. So we're going to have you back again. Mm -hmm. I'll have to point <laughs> you in the, in the direction of uh, Brother Shaka. Brother Shaka is the one who runs Namaste Ready. And uh, he's part of our Black Fathers hiking group on Sundays. He, uh -huh. He's a great community resource. He's, uh, yeah, I can, I can point you to that, brother. It's all good. Okay, cool. Awesome. Hey, man, we appreciate your time on this. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.